God. Are you okay? Yeah. Matter of fact, I've got Garignac staring me in the face right now. But you know what? Jason, we're gonna use the digital conveyor to get you out of there. The digital conveyor? Yeah. You mean I'm gonna be diced into cubes and sit up there in a million pieces? Right. Well, you know what? I think I'll take my chance with Gorignac. We're getting you out right now. It's perfectly safe, isn't it, Ted? It has never been successfully tested. What did he say? Hold, please. Theoretically, the mechanism is fully operational. However, it was built to accommodate your hmm, anatomy, not ours. But now that Tech Sergeant Chen is here, he can operate it. It was designed watching his motions from the historical documents. I, I mean, I can't. I, I, I can supervise. Jason, we're gonna test it. On what? How about that pig lizard? Hey, I'm not all right with a pig lizard. Then please, Fred, and hurry. I'm sorry. It's very exciting to watch the master at the controls. The operation of the conveyor is much more hmm, art than science. Stand back, Jason. But the animal is inside out. I heard that. It turned inside out? And it exploded. You are listening <laughs> to Joygasm. That was our featured Joygasm moment of the week, of course, from the geek classic comedy Galaxy Quest. One scene out of many good ones, Russ. It really is. That is probably one of the most, like, just sharpest written comedies uh, I think I've ever seen in my life. And I would have never seen that if it were not for Dad. Not for Dad? What yeah, do you mean? Dad saw that first. I saw it first. Well, maybe you recommended it to him and he recommended it to me, but I didn't know about the movie until Dad said something about it. Yeah, yeah. I came home raving about it because actually I had a, a friend who worked on some of the special effects for that film. Mm. And so it was fun to be able to go check it out. And then he went and and just absolutely loved it. And then we got you on board and you know the rest is history. It's become uh, definitely a, a family staple in uh, certain classic movies, that sort of thing. So, of course, in that one, I, you know, I'm trying to remember um, what is Tim Allen's character's name in that? It was Captain Jeez, something. Russ. Captain Toolman. Captain Toolman. <laughs> Well, anyway, you had um, a cast that was just uh, it was it was a wonderful casting choice with with Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, um, even Sam Rockwell, who actually back in the day, he wasn't really that well known yet. Right. He was still kind of making a name for himself in film. And of course, today he is just uh, blown up, of course. But everyone who was who was in that film just own their part so well. And I just love the chemistry too. Like on top of the, the smart, funny, clever writing. Um, I just, I really did enjoy a lot of the, 
the kind of the, the acting chemistry that they had with each other. And you could tell they were just having fun. His name was Jason Nesmith. Nesmith, that's right. And of course, this particular scene is a memorable one. And it's, it's where Captain Nesmith is facing off against the space pig. Or the pig lizard. A pig lizard, whatever it is. Which is basically one big mouth with legs. Yeah, and if you notice, the sounds that the pig lizard made were the same sound effects they used in Ghostbusters. It was back when the those like demon dog things were trying to get at Sigourney Weaver and, and Rick Moranis. And um, so if you if you go back to that film and you listen to it, it's it's verbatim. It's like the same soundtrack or not soundtrack, but like sound effects library, which I think is pretty fun. And of course, it makes sense because ILM and Skywalker Sound were the ones who worked on Galaxy Quest. We need a dog. Okay, I got something. No, no, not just any dog. We need a snarling, ugly, demonic, alien looking. Okay, okay. Well, we got this old sound effect. It's from Ghostbusters. No one will remember it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that film came out in 1984. There's no way they'll remember what. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's probably like more of an inside joke, but yeah, so much to love in that. Of course, the Galaxy Quest movie itself is so fun to be able to see these celebrities who attend these comic cons and you kind of get kind of their perspective on the interactions with the fans and then finding themselves on this actual real working ship that has been specifically designed based on the uh what was it the the space documents no the historical documents historical documents that's right so, oh my gosh. so the aliens were basically <laughs> taking human form. They were a big fan of this show and they thought it was real. Right. And so the historical documents are basically the episodes of this Star Trek-esque kind of show. And so they based like the ship design, the controls. In this case, it was like the, the, the beam, like beam me up, Scotty kind of right. know, thing. And um, so they don't, you know, the regular people don't know how to do any, any of this stuff, but they... <laughs> Designed. That's why he's like, it's more art than science because I just watched your arm movements and that's how I designed the thing to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the whole thing was such a fun movie. And it's one of those rare movies that like you can watch, you can literally watch that movie a hundred times. You're not going to get tired of it. Right. Every time you watch it, you're just like, man, that was so fun. And you can play it in the background while you're doing something else. I know like sometimes if I'm doing some um, 2D or 3D work, I'll just plop a movie like Galaxy Quest on in the background. It's just nice to be able to keep me company while I'm being all uh, nerdy and stuff. So anyway, you are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And Steve is close to saying adios to Bachelorhood in episode 143 today, October 10th. 2019. We have a fun show for you guys planned. We are going to be catching up with each other before we go into our main topic of the day, which is China's influence over American businesses and free speech, which has been quite the hot button issue as of late over the last couple of weeks here. But uh, first things first, I am curious to know about you, Steve. Mm. Uh, just here we are. We're, we're kind of on the, the eve of your big wedding day. Right. Uh, one week after tomorrow, we will be rehearsing. Rehearsing. It, it, to me, it seems like it just all of a sudden snuck up on us. Yes. Yes. Many dollars later, many plans. Many uh, conversations. Many moons go. Many moons, yes. 
Many, uh, many a hot day, many a rain shower. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Are you nervous? No, I'm not. I am excited. Oh, you're excited. I am excited. Are you as ecstatic? Yes, I am. I'll throw that in the mix. Oh, a little, little remix action with uh, with that one in there. Yeah. Are you ready for it just to be over with, or are you more of the mindset of you're ready to just experience it? Both. Yeah. I'm ready for it to be... Actually, uh, my fiance is ready for it to be over. I'm ready for it to be over. And it's just kind of that where you have so many plans and you, you're you just tired of planning. You're tired of all the coordination. It's... I'll remind the, the listeners who... Uh, this is not even really important to the show, but it's important to me mm. that we've been planning from the state of Texas to the state of California and also from the U.S. to Canada. So there's all this coordination going on back and forth. And we're just tired of coordinating. We're tired of talking about it. We just want to do it. Of course. We just want to get it done. Of course. So um, anyhow, uh, we, we are excited for the wedding and we're excited to see our friends. Excited to get dressed up. We've been talking about it for days, years, months, weeks, quarters. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, so I, I can't say it any other way. We, we want to get it just over with so we can stop talking about it. And, and you'll be able to uh, start your new lives together. Yeah. A new chapter. It's or, a, uh, quite a long chapter. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I look, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys up there. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the family and friends come yeah. together. I mean, weddings are one of those things where it, it is just a, a joy. Yes. Really, to, to be able to, to get together with people who you haven't seen in years and everyone's there to gather uh, to, to witness love. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, the world could always use more love yes. in my estimation. Indeed. And you know what? If someone, you know, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to be kind of casual. You know, there's someone's plans, but if someone missteps or someone doesn't say something right, you know, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. You know what I mean? Sure. I just want it to be a great time. Loved by all. I just want it to be a, a wonderful memory for everybody who's there. Oh, I'm sure you it will be. I mean? Yeah. Anyhow. What else have you been up to this week? Well, Russ, you know, I watched Dumbo. You told me not to, but I had it. Yeah, and I was going to say, I it. warned you about that well, one. Well, I didn't want to just like, okay, I got it. Now I'm just going to throw it back in the mail to send away. I had it. And I had to watch it for myself. And I'll tell you, it's a very... No, the one word that comes to mind repeatedly is sorry. I felt sorry watching it. I felt sorry for all the characters in the movie, including Dumbo. I mean, the 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 um, the, the dad in the movie lost his arm in the war. You had the the, the circus, uh, I guess, ringleader who fell on hard times. He's trying to keep everybody employed. Uh, the kid's mother died, and they don't have a, a act they can do in the circus, so they're just kind of bumbling about. You know, Dumbo lost his mom. Uh, you know, I mean, like everything in the movie is just not happy. Or it's a downer, isn't it's it? It's a downer to watch. Anyhow, um, Dumbo's cute, but and it's not a kids movie, really. I, I just, I, did, I really. It was a misfire. I really felt yeah. like, like, like I, and I was surprised too because the, the trailer was done so well. The trailer was great. Gave me goosebumps, actually. Yeah. Um, I remember both of us were really taken with the trailer on that film. And it's, again, a testament to 
somehow the the editors and the folks in marketing have really upped their game in movie trailers, I feel right. like, over the past year or two. Right. So anyhow, uh, moving on. Uh, so that was it. Yeah, a misfire is actually a good word for it. Um, you know, Colin Farrell was in it. What, what's her face? Uh, uh, the lady, the girl who was in the <coughs> excuse me that second three hundred movie. You met her at the Eva Green. Eva Green was in it too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the cat. Yeah. Oh yeah, Danny DeVito was Danny in DeVito, it. Oh yeah. Uh, my, what's his name? Michael Keaton was in it. Michael Keaton was in it. Oh yeah, that's right, Michael. Keaton. Yeah, I was. Yeah. You had a stellar cast. I mean, it was just. I think that they. I think Dumbo is a tough one simply because if you recall the cartoon of Dumbo, the cartoon itself is actually pretty sad too, but they're able to kind of wander away a bit from the sadness. And so you're, you're kind of going more into the magic. Yeah. Some of the magic and, and charm of, of the, the kind of the big top circus kind of thing. And, so there, there is, but there is kind of a, a lingering sadness that, that is in fact there, but I don't know. I just, I feel as though the, the Disney cartoon, I think had more fantastical characters. I don't recall them really having any human characters in there. Oh uh, yeah. I, I remember there being some human characters. I remember like, like, like it was almost like, like Muppet babies where you, you couldn't see their faces. You'd see like their feet walking around and stuff as they do things. But you, I don't recall actually seeing people's faces like Dumbo befriended that rat. If you recall, it was like a mouse or a rat or something. And he had that, uh, marching band outfit on. And so, um, you know, to be fair, I haven't seen the cartoon and, (laughs) decades it's been <laughs> yeah. a long long time so i'm a bit rusty when it comes to knowing all the the details of it but what well, else you been doing well i was gonna say i was gonna finish up by saying one of the unknowns i didn't know how they were gonna handle it was the elephants on the parade elephants on parade song i'm like that was really weird as a kid watching that how that's when all the animators this? at disney decided to drop some acid and yeah, lsd exactly. and start animating i'm like watching this like this is going on way too long anyhow so I finished that and I watched the movie Tolkien or Tolkien, which is the movie. It's kind of like a docudrama in a way of Tolkien's life, how he got his inspiration oh, that? for it. It was actually very good. Uh, it's not excellent, but it's, it's very good. It's very well scripted. It stars the uh, the actor who plays the new Beast and the X-Men movies. Uh-huh. And he, he's very, very good in it as well. So uh, any fans of Tolkien out there um, definitely like it. I mean, the, at the very end of the movie, you're like, yes, this is great. So, anyhow, watch that. Started season two of Homeland. Homeland. How is that? It's it's good. It's it's good. It, it is good. It, it stars the main character who was uh, who was like the the lieutenant in Band of Brothers. Uh huh. Lieutenant Winters. Uh, He's like the main actor, like redheaded guy. Oh yeah, I'm tall dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think Monica Bakla Bakla. I'm so terrible with names. Bakla 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 Roni Bakla something rather. She's in it. She's his wife. And uh, the dude who played uh, Inigo Montoya from Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. He plays a pretty good. He he's really good in it. He's in there. So anyhow, still a really good show. And then I'll have you know. I downloaded a couple games. I think I may. Oh, actually, you know, I think I did tell you. I downloaded Everspace. You did. I remember you mentioning that last week. And I downloaded Kingdom Come. Okay. 
both I'm disappointed in, Russ. I'm sorry to say. I mean, I, um, I'm not, I don't regret getting them because you're on Game Pass and Game Pass was on a, a crazy good deal. Yep, yep. And so I don't regret it at all. But um, I do, I, I, it leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, the Everspace had, I had really high hopes. I, I'll be honest, I'm in the very beginning of the game, but there's just... Not a whole lot of promise left for me to really invest a lot of time in there. Mm. Um, so then Kingdom Come is beautiful. The story is perfect. It's just, it's like the classic RPG story. You're the guy whose father uh, is, is an expert blacksmith. You're in a small town. You get along with the king. No problems. And then you get invaded by an army who's just on their quest of conquering and expanding their empire and um, you're forced to become a man from a teenager a little early and learn to fight and whatnot. So this, I, and I like that kind of story. So everything is there. The music is beautiful. The graphics. You got your hero's journey in there. Yeah. I, and, but the animation is so clunky. It is so terrible. And it, it it's not even like, Oh, that part was, was, was bad. That part sucked. No, it's like through and through. It's like real herky-jerky, depending on what you do. So it, it's unfortunate. The reviews I was reading before I got it, some people were mentioning you it, you have to get past the beginning and then it gets way better. But I don't know if they were talking about just the mechanics and the learning how the sword play works or it, it is the animation. But anyhow. And I've been anxiously awaiting the... Uh, i telling you, Russ. We played a little bit of Overwatch. We did. We twitched. Not just our eyes. No. Not just our, our muscle reflexes. Even though when you play that game, you feel like you're about to have an epileptic seizure yeah. due to all the flashes and colors that are going on True. at the same time. But the Halloween terror night is I still... have got to say, I am really surprised yeah. that they haven't launched that yet, considering the fact that we're basically in mid-October. Right. I wonder if they've decided to change that up where they're just going to release it like on the week of Halloween. That'd be terrible. That'd be kind of a bummer. They don't have an event going on right now at all. It's just it, you start the game and then that's it. Right. So I don't know what the, what's taking so long. Anyhow, that's about up with me. What about you? Well, Actually, I'm, hold off on okay. that. Okay. I cannot stop thinking about the Joker. I remember I kept on telling you, sure. like, I don't want to see it again. Now I kind of want to see it again. Oh, he's getting I the itch. I can't stop thinking about it. Anyway, sorry for interrupting you. If you were me, I probably would have slapped you. For interrupting. No, no, it's, it's totally fine. Please. I honestly anticipated that we would have some leftover comments from last week. In fact, speaking of, if you missed last week's episode of Joygasm, we highly encourage you to go check it out when you get a chance, just because we have a very big analysis from the Joker movie, and uh, we ended up dedicating the entire episode to it. So you don't want to miss out on that, because there was quite a few, I think, really cool anecdotes and observations and thoughts just i don't know it, it was really cool i myself have actually listened to it uh while i was taking a shower come to think of it that's so hot it is you know i thought to myself <laughs> i'd like to kind of review some of the stuff we talked about because actually I mean, we, we were chock full of all kinds of comments on that one so as you were lathering yourself up and listen to yourself speak and kind of forgetting that did i wash my hair or not i think i wash my body i don't really wash my hair no. Wash behind my ear. No, no one checks behind your ears anyway. I'll just do it again. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but I was thinking about the ending of the Joker movie a little bit more. And um, one of the things I wanted to share with you 
is at the very, well, no, I can't talk about it. You know, I have to stop myself. Thank well, you. You know, I was about to, to go into spoiler territory and the movie is too fresh. Yep. Too new. Good job. It's only been out for a week. I will tell you off the air and hopefully I'll be able to remember to talk about it maybe uh, a few months down the road or something if and it comes if, back up in conversation. And if not, then definitely on Patreon. And maybe so. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of stuff to be able to talk about. So for me this week, I'm very excited, Steve, to let you know that actually this, so this particular update happened last week, but because we were doing the Joker movie, I decided to punt it to this week. Last week, I beat Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and it was a monumental triumph. I thought you had already done that. No, the last time I talked about it on the show, I had defeated my... Uh, foster father. I thought you had posted on Facebook. Yes. On the Joygasm Facebook that you had beat it. I had, but we had not talked about it simply because that happened right before last week's uh, podcast recording. Got it. So, but um, I wanted to be able to share with you the final two minutes of the battle that was going on. So to, to kind of kick things off here a bit, the final battle um, has four different stages that the, the boss will come at you with. And there's no resting in between. And there's no mercy in between either. So what happens is, is that if you die during any phase of the boss, the last boss battle, you have to start all the way over again. Let me tell you something. That's uh, it's a little difficult, especially when the boss is constantly um, pulling out new weapons after each phase has been completed, and there are new weapons and moves, and you're trying to frantically memorize and, and uh, defend yourself. So, here is the final two minutes of the battle I had, and I just I feel compelled to be able to share this with you properly. So as you can see, it's raining, it's storming. This is the final phase of the battle itself. And he's coming at me with everything. You know, he's got his big spear, he's got his sword. He's running around like a lunatic. He's pulling off these crazy special moves that are like sound waves in the sky. You'll notice here, I timed his lightning strike to be able to deflect it back onto him, which was huge. course, you know, seeing the, the, the plants, the shrubs get shredded as he's trying to take me out is always epic, as well as fighting along the edge of the cliff. He's going to do one more attempt at the lightning, strike it right back at him. That causes him to have shock, and I finish him off right here. Death below. And he falls to his knees. At this point, my hands are trembling. As I realized I have become Master Shinobi. I understood that word. 
immortality severed. At this point, I think I let out a ginormous hoop and holler that kind of creeped out my wife downstairs because this has been a long time coming in terms of oh, how many hours I've dumped into this game. And uh, <laughs> how much sweat has been soaked in the couch. Exactly. So I just I wanted to share that with you just because there's a lot of um, effort that has gone into that. I feel as though like every achievement that I was able to unlock with that game was just earned. I mean, it redefined for me like what an achievement is, because more often than not, like you'll get a new game and. It'll say, achievement unlocks. You started playing the game. Yeah, and it's you like, passed the first level. Yeah, Congratulations. Like, what? That's not an achievement. What, what is that? Like, like congratulations. You got up off your couch and you got the controller. You're like, come on. <laughs> you watched the beginning of the game. Good job. Anyway, it was fantastic to be able to make my way through it. it there were a lot of drag down, knock out, just get absolutely freaking pissed at the game, but the game has a hook. And I've talked about this in, on this program before where like, even when you're not playing the game, you're like obsessing over it. You're stewing over it. You're trying to figure out how you can defeat like whichever adversary is blocking you. You know, you're the, the get good wall, so to speak that uh, gamers know quite a bit about. So I feel proud. I feel like, like that, that is um, yet another Ninja Shinobi themed game that I can place on my badge of honor, you know, right, right next to Ninja Gaiden and Revenge of Shinobi, you know, all those. Tenchu. Tenchu, absolutely. And I have all but I think four, I think there's like four um, achievements that are still locked. And I believe I can unlock them if I go through New Game Plus. So the cool thing about New Game Plus is that I retain all my abilities, I um, retain all of my skills, all of my gold, everything. And I just start the game over and go through and just kind of deal out a lot of punishment, I suppose. <laughs> more punishment than uh, <coughs> was inflicted before. More, uh, more punish than more punishment on the punishment. I did take a little bit of a break though, just because <clears throat> the game is so intense. I could tell my my blood pressure was just going up and up and up. I mean, I am not exaggerating when. <clears throat> Like my, my heart was like, I could feel my heart was racing and, and my hands uh, on multiple occasions after certain boss fights were just shaking and trembling because yeah. you have so much adrenaline going through you. And the game has so little or small window for error, if right. at all. And you've seen what happens like if you if you do not do it correctly. I mean, you get brutally punished. So Just like Clash of Clans. I get it. Oh, yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. Of course, the other big news for you, Steve, actually, you for, I for, I'm surprised that you didn't mention this. We finally got the PS4 set up correctly. So oh, now okay. I have my extended, uh, or excuse me, my external hard drive back here at the house and you are able to check in and uh, play all the games that I have purchased. And so that was a big victory. We have to give special thanks to our good old friend Brad on that one who ended up FaceTiming us and was just trying to go through step by step to see what it was. He even got a little stumped too. So I feel a little bit better. It's not like we had like some sort of simple solution that we just couldn't figure out. But many minds can overcome many problems. So 
that is super cool. Hopefully you're going to have a good time with that. I also beat Team Sonic Racing, the team adventure mode. Oh. So I've been able to unlock all the tracks. My daughter is extremely happy about that because now we get to race together. Uninhibited, no locked tracks. And I resumed the Devil May Cry 5 playthrough. <laughs> and um, you're right. I mean, it's it's a button masher of a game. It is a whole lot easier than Sekiro. I will tell you that. Like, I am <laughs> no so doubt. used to having a difficulty be way up here. Now when I'm getting in there, I'm like, Pringer! like I'm just, I'm already like halfway through the game and like I haven't died once. It's been 30 minutes. You're halfway done. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> It's, it, it, uh, that's one of the <laughs> things about Secure that's super cool. Ross is now a Devil May Cry competitor in like the <laughs> Nationals. He's like, yeah, I just started playing. I'm a noob. We're like, wow, where'd this guy come from? Yeah, man, this guy's amazing. I haven't gotten used to some of the gameplay mechanics, though, of Devil May Cry 5. Specifically, the, like the style of fighting. Like, I guess the game has a heavy emphasis on like how cool can you make yourself look while right. you're, you're vanquishing your enemies. Right. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that I haven't really unlocked too many additional combat moves uh, just because I've been focusing more on like the, the agility movements and stuff that you can unlock. And even the ones that caught the cost more of whatever the, the red orbs are, whatever it is. Um, I've been focusing on getting more of those unlocked first, just because it just takes longer to, to stack those up. But I must say, though, the graphics engine, I mean, that, that is the same graphics engine as what they used for the, uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake. That's a gorgeous engine. Sure is. What's, what's crazy is that, like, with Resident Evil 2 remake, I feel as though you're a bit confined to being in these indoor areas, whereas in DMC5, you have much more of, like, kind of the, the outdoor experience. And so you, I feel like, like they're able to flex the engine a bit more and be, be able to show off, like, what they're capable of. I know that you're kind of burned out on the DMC series, but I don't know. Maybe like there can be a, a time or two when you come over and just check out. I, I'm assuming that you can replay any of the levels that, that you beat, right? Like, can you just jump in and jump out if you want? Or do you have to start all the way over from the beginning? Mm, well, for this one? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to look into that because I, I think that you actually, just from a visual candy standpoint, I think that you would probably appreciate quite a bit of what they were doing. And the bosses are just huge. Are they, have they always been really, really big in the series? Yes, they have. Well, color me impressed. <laughs> Finally, this is a little off the beaten path in terms of uh, what we typically talk about in this segment, but I've been diving into two programs. Uh, one is Adobe XD and the other one is Sketch. They're both competitors um, in the UI, UX design world. And um, just with me having this, this extra free time, I was thinking, well, it'd be nice to, to sharpen my skills in these two programs and just kind of refresh myself. I actually found a tutorial on YouTube that shows how you can use your Xbox controller as part of the prototyping for whatever design you come up with in the, in uh, well, not in Sketch, but in Adobe XD. That got me super excited because I can now effectively put together some prototypes and I was thinking about starting up an Xbox dashboard concept. Like if I were to, to, to concept the Xbox Scarlet, uh, you know, Project Scarlet dashboard, what would it look like? And then what I can literally do is, is connect my Xbox controller to my, my laptop and then 
once I have everything all set up in terms of, of the interactivity of it, I can then literally go through and control all the movements and stuff with the Xbox controller, as opposed to like the keys on my keyboard or anything like that. Oh man, I'm kind of nerding out on that. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty <laughs> sweet. Cause normally you have to have some kind of like SDK machine or whatever that the Microsoft or Sony gives you. And it's a bit more involved, but with something like this, it's like, man, I could like have quite a bit of fun mocking up some, some UI designs based off of, um, maybe some popular games I played recently, or, or like I said, like some dashboards for the systems. So I'll be playing with that. If, if I come up with something, uh, maybe I'll, I'll show it to you if you're interested. Yeah, I definitely will be. Ah, oh, the music's playing. You know what that means. No, T I don't. Time for the topic of the day. Wait, what? topic of the day is China's influence over American businesses and free speech. So this has been a, a constant story development, I would say, over the past several months. It's, it's kind of, um, it's, it's remained as probably, I don't know, predominantly a, a news story you would see as it relates to more of Hong Kong and China. But over the recent weeks, it has really started to pull the US of A into things. And it's been, it's, I don't know, it's, it's been interesting how um, all of this has come about. And we haven't talked, you and I have not really talked too much about this. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, some of the, the, uh, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yes, Russ. Uh, the events that have transpired as of late. But, um, so, and I don't really understand all the, the, hmm. the background of what's been going on. Okay. At a high level, my understanding is, is that <clears throat> the, uh, the folks in Hong Kong, there have been a lot of protesters, um, who are pro democracy, who are protesting, I think as one of the things, um, the 70 year communist party anniversary or something like that. And so there's been a lot of unrest, a lot of uh, stuff going on, but anyway, we're not going to get into too much of that because um, uh, we're just not really uh, that experienced in that area. And plus we want to focus on the companies. So I have a list of companies here that have appeared in the news over the last two to three weeks who um, have done certain things that may cause an eyebrow or two to uh, be raised and uh, or three. <laughs> I, I think I think that that it's it's actually causing folks to really become involved with what's happening over there, which I think is a very good thing. The first company, excuse me, is Apple. This was one that broke uh, more recently, but, Apple has removed from its app store a smartphone app used by Hong Kong pro-democracy activists to crowdsource the location of protesters and police after Chinese state media suggested um, 
the, uh, the, the, the tech giant Apple was aiding the, the, what they call as the rioters. So um, there's a, I have a couple of quotes here that I've written down. Um, this one says, we have learned that an app, eight, which is called hkmap.live, has been used in ways that endanger law enforcement and residents in Hong Kong. And this is Apple talking here in the statement. It goes on to say, many concerned customers in Hong Kong have contacted us about this app, and we immediately began investigating it, end quote. Um, I have another one here that where Apple was also quoted as saying that the app has been used to target and ambush police, threaten public safety, and criminals have, to, uh, have used it to victimize residents in areas where they know there is no law enforcement. Now, hkmap.live reportedly consolidates reports from social media and then uses the information to plot the locations of protests and such information as where police are using tear gas. The developer of this app responded to Apple's decision, said, quote, we once believed that the app rejection was simply a a bureaucratic F up, but now it is clearly a political decision to suppress freedom and human rights in Hong Kong. And this was according to the the post, which broke that particular story. So it's from that standpoint, it's interesting to see how um, there are certain things that Apple has stated as being um, concerned for safety of officers, that sort of thing, which I could see that making a lot of sense. But at the same time, we all know that China has become the customer of interest for Apple as it continues to strive to be able to not only maintain its profitability, but also to expand upon that profitability just because they've pretty much taken over everywhere else. <laughs> and uh, China is, is ripe for being able to increase their, their user base. So one does question how much of, of what they decided to do is impacted by the almighty dollar. The second example is the NBA. The Houston Rockets general manager apologized on Sunday for a tweet expressing support for Hong Kong protesters that has sparked a harsh backlash from China's official basketball association. On Friday, Maury took to Twitter to show solidarity with a month or a month, excuse me, months long anti-government protest in the Chinese territory. He sent a tweet that read fight for freedom. Stand with Hong Kong. It was very short. <clears throat> However, soon after the Rockets' owner, Tillman uh, Fertitta, I believe is how you pronounce his name, sought to distance the team from the controversy, tweeting that Monday, or excuse me, that, that, that Morley does not speak for the Houston Rockets and that the team is not a political organization. So it kind of snowballed from there where then the manager, uh, Daryl Morey, he then tweeted, said, I did not intend my tweet to cause any offense to Rockets fans and friends of mine in China. I have a lot of opportunities since that uh, tweet to hear and consider other perspectives. So he's starting to backpedal a bit on his initial tweet. And on Sunday, the, the Chinese Basketball Association, headed by former Rockets center and Hall of Famer Yao Ming, you know, a really tall sure. uh, Asian basketball player announced that it, that it was suspending cooperation with the Houston team and Tencent, which we know uh, is, you know, from the stock market and stuff that they, they're heavily invested in several different video game companies and other companies. Um, they are a media partner of the NBA in China with a five year streaming deal worth $1.5 billion 
And China's state television also said they wouldn't be airing Rockets games. So they're punishing um, the, the manager for, for saying that simple tweet. Now, it gets a little more interesting on top of that, where then you have the NBA spokesman, Mike uh, Bass, I believe his name is. Uh, he said in a statement late Sunday that Maury's original tweet was regrettable. We have great respect for the history and culture of China and hope that sports and the NBA can be used as a unifying force to bridge cultural divides and bring people together. Now, the NBA commissioner then jumps in, and this gentleman's name is Adam Silver, and he is affirming that the league will not censor players or front office personnel, saying freedom of expression is paramount for the league. Which, ha- which has been criticized for its response to an employee's tweet about pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. So a lot of what we were noticing with the NBA situation is this kind of almost like a dogpiling mentality where on China's side, they don't want anyone being critical of the actions that they're taking in their own country against the, the folks in Hong Kong. And one of the ways that they are trying to leverage influence is through the pocketbook. And, you know, you're seeing quite a bit of this with the the Rockets owner, with the NBA commissioner. You know, they apparently, and I didn't know this until I started looking into this whole entire topic of the day. The basketball, the game of basketball, the NBA is actually very popular in China. And so they've been able to make some inroads with the country over there. And there um, has been a lot of interest in them starting to um, invest money into the NBA, that sort of thing. And at the same time, though, they're starting to flex when it comes to some of the things that they don't agree with or that makes them look bad or whatever else. And I'm really surprised at some of the, the responses and behaviors on the American side where they're really going out of their way so to almost throw their own man under the bus. So that was a bit shocking. Well, then, you know, an, yet another company, uh, Blizzard Entertainment, the game developer behind hugely popular titles, as we all know and love, such as World of Warcraft and Overwatch, has banned a professional esports player from competing and, t- and uh, taking away his prize money after he expressed support for Hong Kong's protest movement. So, <coughs> excuse me, the, um, the player's name is Nig Wai Chung, who lives in Hong Kong and plays under the name Blitz Chung. Um, he is one of the top players in the Asia Pacific region for the online card game, as we all know, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Exactly. Blitz Chung had made the comment on an official Hearthstone broadcast on Twitch which of course is the video streaming platform after his last game in the 2019 Hearthstone Asia Pacific Grandmasters Tournament. What he did was he wore a gas mask and dark goggles during that interview uh, last Sunday, which he, you know, it's kind of evoking the gear activists have worn during the months of the street protests. And toward the end of the segment, he shouted the popular protest chant, liberate Hong Kong revolution of our times. Now, In an announcement that was released this past Tuesday, Blizzard Entertainment said the player's statement violated a tournament rule that prohibits any acts that, quote, bring you into public disrepute, offends a portion of a group of the public, or otherwise damages Blizzard's image, end quote. 
Now, Blitz Chung, a Hong Kong native who started playing Hearthstone in 2015, was banned from participating in Blizzard Esports for one year. And he told several media outlets that his tournament winnings, which was said to be $10,000, has been rescinded. So he's not getting any of the prize money for that either. And Blizzard also announced that they will no longer work with the two Taiwanese streamers who interviewed the esports player on Twitch. So, I mean... Angry much? Well, I, it, to me, it's just extreme because, like, for instance, the, the Taiwanese streamers, they're not the ones who said the what, what, what was deemed, you know, offensive or controversial or whatever. They're just interviewing the guy. Well, but Blizzard is taking that that extra step. And, and um, I was doing some more digging. And um, the, so the gaming community has largely denounced Blizzard's actions. And they're accusing the company of caving into China. But one of the key things that I found was that, you know, the company Tencent that I just mentioned, Tencent Holdings Limited, which is a Chinese conglomerate, owns a 5% stake in Blizzard's parent company. So... I mean, that's to me that that's actually quite telling in terms of uh, what it is that that we're trying to get to the bottom of. Now, there is another um, I think this is this is. uh, Yeah. The last example I have of this is South Park. Have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. So um, South Park was scrubbed clean from Chinese Internet after the episode of um, what's called, quote, banned in China. Uh, it was kind of a double double entendre. Did you see the episode? I have not. Okay, I watched the episode, and it's literally the, the, the boys of South Park have created their own band. And um, they're trying to, to do their thing and stuff, but they literally are getting also banned in China. Right, so it's, it's a play on words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, in the episode, of course, they, they criticize the communist government censors and, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of the animated show responded to the band with a fake apology on Twitter. I'm going to do my, my best. I feel compelled to like try and do this with like, kind of like one of their voices, but they put on Twitter says like the NBA, we welcome Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We too love money more than freedom and democracy. Parker and Steelson and Stone wrote, Z doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Tune in to our 300th episode this Wednesday. Long live the great communist party of China. May this autumn's sorghum harvest be bountiful. (laughs) (laughs) So I also, um, I found a clip from that episode that pretty much sums up uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's disgust with what's going on. And I wanted to play that for us right now. I can't do it anymore, you guys. I can't even think with the Chinese government censoring everything I write. So there's not going to be a biopic movie for us? It's so wrong. You know, I mean, we live in a time where the only movies that us American kids go see are ones that are approved by China. Yeah, it's like China is the new MPAA. Stinks to say goodbye to all that biopic money and glory. We just gotta face it. A death metal band is never going to make real money anymore. The only band that would get approved by China would be all vanilla and cheesy. I'm going to have to live on that f***ing farm forever. Kyle! Dude, you're back! Yeah, the migrant detention camp was cute, but it kind of rubbed Kyle the wrong way. Anything happened while we were gone? Not really. We just almost had a biopic made for our band, but... Wait a minute. 
Wait, vanilla and cheesy. I've got it. I've got it. It's good, kids. They're loving it. Yeah, but I can't sell my soul like this. I want to get away from that farm more than anything. But it's not worth living in a world where China controls my country's art. What? I don't care how many people you have. I've got something in me that just won't let me be a part of all this. Yeah, whatever it is, I've got it too. Yeah. I want to be proud of who we are, guys. And anybody who would betray their ideals just to make money in China isn't worth a lick of spit. There you have it. There you go. Matt Stone and Trey Parker stepping up. Yeah. You know what? I need some South Park in my life. I've It's been, I got to rent it. And I got to rent it among everything else that I want to see. Uh, but I, it's time I, need, I get some more South Park in my life. It's very true. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm hoping that they're going to be coming out with some sort of grand collection <laughs> of like, set. yeah, like the entire <laughs> series of South Park, which has been... Man, I, have they had like 20 seasons? Yes, Over something. 20 seasons. I, I, yeah. yeah. I think they got started around 1997 or yeah, 98. No, I remember it was it was around when I was in high school. Just going to say it, you know. That's it, insane. Anyway, long time. But um, I have a, a lot of respect for these two guys just because they, this isn't the first time that they have used their talents and their comedy to be able to speak on things that are going on geopolitically speaking. You know, they had their Team America World Police movie that came out a, a while back after 9-11 occurred. And, and there there was just a lot of really um, sharp-witted humor with, with just taking and poking fun at a lot of different parties that are involved and through their fictional story. The same can be said, too, even with... Um, there, there are other um, movies too that they've done. You know, like they've the the cartoon movie was actually really good of South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. I think it was called. Yeah. So, um, it has been. You know, with the, the beauty of South Park is no one is in the clear. Like they make fun of everybody. And the the funny thing about South Park is the more that you have a certain party rail against South Park and get more offended, the more that they will just use that as energy and keep producing stuff. And I love that because no, you know, it forces the notion that's like, you know, you're not better than anybody else. Everybody's got their quirks. Everybody's got kind of their mishaps and their funniness and stuff. And we all need to not take ourselves so seriously all the time. We need to be able to just chill, relax, be able to laugh at ourselves a bit here and there and so uh, I tip my hat to those guys. It's it's super cool. But in the the whole episode, you know, you see American entertainment IPs kissing up to China, as well as Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Um, they they uh, not that they kiss up to them, but you see these characters play a prominent role in the episode where they become political refugees. <laughs> for an I guess it's like it, there, there's like an apparent perception of 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 the Z who who is uh, kind of the supreme leader, I guess, of China. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess apparently I don't. I don't. This again. This is the first time I've heard about this. Apparently, there's there's some sort of perception that he bears a resemblance to the fictional character of Winnie the Pooh, and he absolutely hates it. 
He hates being compared to Winnie the Pooh. I, again, this is all brand new to me. I, I, I was just looking through this, trying to you know, get, you know, get supporting details for this particular topic, but pretty interesting. Um, I know I've been just going down the list of all the stuff that I was researching. So what, what are your thoughts as it applies to these American businesses and their behaviors toward what's been happening? Yeah. You know, on one side, um, one side of the token is, okay, if I'm going to invest in you then and you're going to take my money and then make me look bad, then I'm going to have a say about it. So with that one aspect, I can kind of agree with, with China. However, our country is our country and our liberties are our liberties. And I really want to stick on, I mean, you have the big companies, right? But you have the small guy that got severely punished by, by Blizzard. And I kind of want to focus on him because, I mean, you have multi-million dollar companies and chains and... and Multi-billion dollar Multi-billion dollar. And they're making big decisions and they're getting punished. But the little guy got the severest punishment. He's just playing a mobile game and the whole company of Blizzard and came down upon him and the whole government of China was on top of them too. So you dogpile the little guy for 10 grand and all he's doing is, is playing a game for fun. And it's not like he even said something terrible. He was calling for human rights and, and, and freedom. I mean, right. that's not necessarily a bad thing. If he came out, if, if let's say China introduced slavery all of a sudden, right? And, and this guy said, you know what? Which they I, kind of already have with their forced labor camps. <laughs> exactly. But, but, that, but not, notwithstanding, go ahead. Right, but I mean, if he came out and said, you know, I'm anti-slavery, you know, let freedom ring. And then I think Blizzard would be like, you know, let's give him another 10 grand. You know, but because they had the, 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 the Chinese in their pocketbook, um, they just exhibited the entire force of the law upon him. And I think he was even talking to IGN. Well, I was, was going to ask you about this. You read a lot of IGN. I don't read all that much, but IGN interviewed the guy. Uh-huh. And, and the little guy is like, no, I'm not going to take back what I said. No, I, I firmly believe in what I said and I'll probably never play Hearthstone ever again, but no, I'm not going to, there's no apology. And he shouldn't have. And no. it takes like the one guy it took him to say the right thing. Rather as everybody else is making buku bucks had to like, you know, backpedal like the NBA and, you know, Apple. And, I mean, Apple took away an app, but, you know, still, I mean, there, there's more to come. I mean, China is heavily influenced in Hollywood. I mean, mm-hmm. even with with Top Gun coming out, they've changed Maverick's jacket because right. they can't stand, you know, whatever. So Yeah, there used to be a patch, if you recall, right. the, the, the iconic leather jacket that Tom Cruise wears in Top Gun. I don't know the names of the patches, but there was apparently a patch in the original Top Gun that I think had to do with China. Right. And because there, I guess it's either Tencent or there's some sort of Chinese investors uh, who have put some money into the Top Gun sequel, they were successful in getting that particular patch removed from Maverick's jacket. That's a problem. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have a number of thoughts on this. I think that, uh, first of all, I'm really concerned about what we don't know. Just because, and I, I don't mean to be like conspiracy theorists or anything like that, but these are the the, the companies that, and, and uh, you know, the NBA, for instance, the nonprofit, uh, they, these are the folks who got found out, who, who like through the social media and Twitch streaming, that sort of thing, you discovered 
the, the types of actions that they took. But I don't think it's limited to just these four different examples. I think that there is a lot of Chinese money that is influencing several very large corporations here in America. I think that, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to put um, any kind of, of bad lighting on, on larger companies, but I mean, there are lots of other companies out there who have a, a special interest in China in terms of their customers. You know, like they want to be able to tap into that 1 billion population. Um, and it, it does make me wonder what kind of unsaid stories um, have yet to be told <clears throat> when it, when it applies to this, but also too, you know, another thought I had in, in this, you know, I think this is kind of a, um, a universally agreed upon thing among the masses here, but greed is such an ugly thing. When you become a slave to the almighty dollar or whatever currency it is, you know, regardless of which country you're from, it, it really causes you to compromise. It compromises yourself in ways that, you know, if you were at some sort of cocktail party and the subject came up, you most likely would say the opposite of, or you'd say you do the opposite of, yet when it comes to that, there are certain compromises that get made. And where we are witnessing here several entertainment-oriented companies that are making decisions that squelch free speech. And I personally have a big problem with that. Um, you know, I think that being in America, that is something that we, you know, oftentimes take for granted. And there are moments when we are um, all of a sudden just starkly real, like just, just reminded of how special that is, how important that is. And, um, I think that there's a, uh, that's part of the kind of the American spirit in a way, if you, if you, um, allow me to say where we have all been raised with the idea that the first amendment, the freedom of speech, um, is everyone's right. It is your right to be able to speak your mind. And if you have parties who disagree with you or don't like what you have to say, well, you have to deal with it. I mean, they have the equal right to be able to say things back to you. You know, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me kind of thing. Um, I think that we are starting to see more of the ugly side of things when it applies to this. Because as I mentioned earlier, China has been on a lot of American companies radar for some time now. And you have a lot of these companies that have benefited from the American community and um, the, the global community at large. And they're starting to tap into more of these other markets. And I think that um, it's, it's just, it's for lack of a better word, it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting that you have these companies that are not standing up to China and saying, Hey, you know, we understand how you guys operate over there, but you have to also understand and respect the way we operate over here, you know, right. it's not all about China. Right. Right. So it, it goes back and forth with that. And, and again, I want to remain respectful as to what the situation is, is that's going on in Hong Kong, because I just don't, I'm, I'm not there as an outsider looking in. I don't have all the details. The, the very little of what I do know is that it strikes me that 
Hong Kong, which used to be, I believe, a British providence um, that that they relinquished. Um, the the folks there are very pro democracy, and China, I think, has seen Hong Kong as, as as a part of China itself. And there's been like a lot of back and forth with that, and that's about the extent that that's as far as I know of just kind of the complexities of what's going on over there. And I, you know, of course I hope that things get resolved peacefully. I hope that, that, uh, they're able to come to an accord, but when it comes to things like the blizzard entertainment thing of, uh, of hearthstone and of penalizing the, the, and basically it's not just penalizing, it's punishing the player for expressing themselves. See, this is where you have a bit of the rub. Entertainment companies don't like to be involved in politics, period. That's why they're entertainment. They like to entertain. They like to put on a good show for everybody and they don't want people to walk away being upset. And so when you have people who do that sort of thing, that causes the producers and the show owners and investors to squirm and get upset and that sort of thing. And we, and this isn't the first time that we've seen it. I mean, we, we see this kind of thing quite a bit. I mean, like even when you watch the Oscars or, or the Grammys, and you have celebrities get up and, and, you know, they get 45 seconds or so to, for their acceptance speech and they are allowed to say whatever it is they want to say. Sometimes you have some folks who get up there and they will speak their minds on a certain particular subject that will probably be deemed as either uh, offensive or perhaps not uh, universally agreed upon, but that's how they choose to speak. Now, <coughs> you don't see them... <coughs> uh, get penalized or get their Oscar taken away or anything like that. I mean, they're able to do what they, what they want to do. So I'm curious to see how this whole thing's going to pan out as time uh, marches on here, but just because as we all know, China has invested heavily in the United States in all kinds of areas. I mean, like, like there's kind of the, the running joke about like, oh, where's that made from? Oh, it's made in China. You know, it's like, like, you know, what is not made in China? Well, now we're kind of entering this new chapter of not only are things, um, you know, just about everything made in China, but now because China hasn't been investing in a lot of American interests and American business and stuff, now they're trying to control the narrative. And we're seeing that in movies. We're seeing that in games. We're seeing that when any kind of uh, critical types of, of, uh, comments are made toward their government and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a bit interesting uh, to be able to see that. And it affects me, you know, at the end of the day, it affects me as a gamer, as a consumer, because then I start thinking about those things. You know, I, I've always stated that I can't stand it when like, for instance, like a movie actor becomes all political because then when I go and see a movie with them starring in it, all I think about are their stances on some sort of political issue or whatever it is. When in fact movies are designed for me to get away from all that, you know, I deal with all that stuff on a daily basis. And then it's like, at the end of the day, I'm thinking, man, I just want to escape. I want to go to a, a, a fantasy world. I want to be told a great story. Please, for the love of God, do not start <laughs> talking about politics. And I think that <clears throat> that trickles down into even the, the company levels too, because, you know, we were playing Twitch the other day and we were playing Overwatch. And I remember telling you, I was like, man, like I'm feeling conflicted playing this game based on what I know from the research I did for the upcoming podcast episode of Joygasm. 
I wasn't just saying that. I mean, it's true. Like it really does cause me to pause on whether or not I want to continue playing games for Blizzard or, or that are created by Blizzard Entertainment simply because now it's no longer, they're not just an entertainment company. Now I know that they're making calls and decisions that I don't agree with. And right after you said that, of course, it said, oh, error loading map. Yeah, can't load it. Games, you're going to look at the black screen now. Uh, good luck with that. That like, was yeah, really funny. Okay, interesting. They were listening in uh, on my comment. All of a sudden, yeah. the maps had trouble loading. They had a bunch of red text appear on the screen. It's like, oh, they're everywhere. They're, uh, so <clears throat> one thing I found out is that a lot of employees at Blizzard aren't happy with Blizzard's decision either. And... I guess at the headquarters of Blizzard, they have some some statues, some uh, it's like a, a guild looking thing, you know, and they have such plaques all around this statue that say positive stuff like all voices matter. And so <laughs> the employees had took it upon themselves to get like uh, real thick, like white sheets of cardboard and they'll like tape over these plaques because you cannot plaque that in front of your headquarters and then choose to go completely against that, like how hypocritical. And so it's not just the entire company of Blizzard. It's, it's literally just the higher ups who are you know, controlling the, the, the money. Yeah. I remember also reading that uh, a lot of the Blizzard employees, they staged a walkout in protest over yeah. what Blizzard had done. And well, they, good for them. They had even brought umbrellas. Apparently um, one of the, the calling cards, if you will, of bringing attention to the Hong Kong situation um, apparently, um, the the pedestrians were using umbrellas to try and, and protect themselves from like the tear gas and that sort of thing. And so that has caught on globally. And so folks who are, are sympathetic to what's happening and that sort of thing, and if they want to be able to demonstrate in other parts of the world, they simply just bring umbrellas. That's awesome. On Reddit, some people are making uh, these, <laughs> these custom looking Hearthstone cards. And so you see, and it'll, it'll show like, uh, you know, that, that famous, uh, what was it in, in, uh, Tiananmen, Tiananmen square or something Tiananmen square where, where those tanks are coming down. And that yep. one like incredibly brave individual stands in front of the tanks, right. that whole scene. So one person took a picture of that and pasted it over a hearthstone card. And it says, uh, the effects of the card silence, any minions that oppose you and take their price money. Oh man. That's <laughs> so brilliant. If you look on Reddit, uh, I'm not a big Reddit guy. I should be, cause I definitely do like it, but I always forget to, to jump on there. But, um, the pages are going like nutso with responses. Like, I don't know if Blizzard's going to be able to recover. They have to say something. As a matter of fact, it was so viral that they just shut down their response page because oh, they, wow. their, their team could not keep up with it. I think they're yeah. about to reopen it again, because, but they're not taking any more comments. That's very telling. And, and I, I, for one, am proud of our gaming community in the sense where you have gamers who, um, you know, they, they start to wake up. And, I, and honestly, th this brings up another point, which is, I think that with streaming, with Twitch, Mixer, and others, I think that this is a very fascinating example of what can happen during a live stream because it's it's live programming. And I think that these companies have wrestled with this in different capacities. I mean, I remember when uh, Blizzard launched their Overwatch esports and if you recall, we covered quite a few stories where different players from different teams said something or did something on social media and Blizzard had to scramble and really have to try and enforce certain rules and codes of conduct and that sort of thing. 
And that was kind of interesting in its own way. But then looking at this particular situation, which is a bit different, um, I will be watching to see just how they, how they conduct themselves moving forward because the gaming community is one of the most informed, sharpest communities. I mean, like, like if you treat them right, they will love you forever. If you wrong them, um, there will be a reckoning. And, <laughs> and I think that there is quite a bit of that. And also when it comes to this too, companies like Blizzard are going to pay attention because once again, at the end of the day, they exist to make money. Yeah, they have a lot of fun creating what they create and they're very good at what they do. But at the end of the day, that company exists to make money. And, that, you know, if if uh, there happens to be some sort of huge boycott because players don't agree with how Blizzard is handling a certain situation, they're going to take note of that. Well, the company exists because of the creative talent they've hired too. Right. It's about the people. Uh, I have something to say that's completely not about China, but it kind of relates. So when I was selling cell phones independently for, uh, well, within, uh, inside Target, I don't know if this was like Target Corporation or just like mainly our store. But of course you work in there. I spent three and a half years there and I made some friends as well as the, all the other staff that had hired and, or got hired and maybe moved on and other people came in. But I'll say, like, hey, you know, what's your, what, where are you? I'm going to send me your Facebook. I'll, you know, I want to connect with you. And then some people came up to me and they said, no, I can't do that. And I'll say, well, why? And they said, because Target doesn't want us connecting with anybody on Facebook who works here. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, it's, it's freaking Facebook. And they said, yeah, we, we can't connect with anybody. So I went to, went to someone who was like mid-management. I was like, hey, let me get you to connect with you on Facebook. And they looked at me and they went, that's funny. Like, I'm not on Facebook much. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. I just want to be with you on Facebook. And they said, yeah, we can't do that because we Target does, basically doesn't want anybody saying bad things about Target even right. after hours, even though <laughs> yep. it's in America. Hey, it's it's all about appearances. Got to keep that appearance up. And, uh, you know, companies are fiercely protective of their brand. So... Anyway, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Actually, I'm going to stop right there and say that next week we will not have a, a podcast episode yeah. because good old Steve will be getting married and I will be there as his best buddy. So yeah, there will be a week of uh, no Joygasm. So you'll have to tune in the week after next. Although there might be a Joygasm Instagram or Facebook live. There you go. Video, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Regardless, thanks for hanging out with us on this particular episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you in two weeks. Later.